If you're just joining us, it's Soul Food and Lemonade right here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Periscope. Yeah. It's, um... I haven't watched television in a few days. Just pretty much taking a break from um, everything that is happening in the media. Because for me, sometimes it, it gets way too much. And um, we we have to we have to take breaks from some of these things from time to time. Otherwise, we will drive ourselves crazy. However, yesterday I was at the march in Newark, and um, it was a, a smaller crowd, but still energized, still energized to um, to help to bring forth change in this nation, in this state and so on and so forth. Um, I learned something yesterday that um, New Jersey was once the headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan. I learned that yesterday at the protest. And um, so we here in Jersey, we have our history of racism among other things that um, still plague us today as a society. And um, I know that if we work in concert, we, we can see some, some kind of change. Definitely, we can see some level of change, but we have to be willing to put in the work. We have to be willing not to be silent. We have to be willing not to be complacent. We just have to continue to press hard and work hard and um, eventually, the change that we all want to see will come. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, if you haven't seen the show that I did last night or heard the show, it's on, um, um, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, but it's definitely on Facebook and on um, ampsocial.net. It's also over there. Um, and like I told you guys, eventually I am going to be moving away from Facebook completely and um, start doing stuff over on um, amsocial.net, which is the, um, the social media site that we are pushing and, um, you know, do things over there, you know, so uh, that is coming. All right, um, still waiting on Sam Archer to, uh, to call in. Um, he's taking care of some stuff that um, I should have advised him that I needed earlier. Um, but I have so much going on that sometimes um, I lose track of what I need to do. Uh, make sure my volume on my phone is down and my phone is put away. So once we get started officially, we just roll right into it. All right, I'm going to play you a couple of promo, and then um, before I do that, let me show you what took place at the protest last week here in Newark.
So that was a protest in Newark, New Jersey, and there has been a lot of uh, media attention on Newark um, with regards to the uh, peacefulness of the protest, you know, um, while other places around the country, some other places, gets uh, rowdy and, um, you know, stuff happens that shouldn't be ha should not have happened. Newark is getting praise for its peaceful protests, and in part that is because the uh, the police have pretty much been hands off. They're they 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 are there, just in case anything happens. But they are not in the midst of the protests, not bothering anyone. They're just allowing the protesters to um, to protest peacefully. They're not agitating anyone whatsoever. In fact, um, uh, last week when we were actually protesting on the streets, blocking traffic and everything, there were cops in front of us, um, pretty much leading us to the protest parts that we should be taking. And then they tell us when to turn around and it was quite fine. No one had an issue with that. No one takes an issue with it. And so Newark had a very peaceful protest um, that is gaining um, the media attention. Um, there are several articles that I'm seeing online, but I'm not going to get into that. Another thing, um, we also show that um, somewhere in Newark, in Camden County actually, there were uh, cops out there barbecuing with the... Um, with some of the people, they were literally in their uniforms, guns and shields and everything, not shields, but masks, barbecuing with um, the public. And um, that was quite a sight to see as well. Um, so it lends the argument, which we all know, that not all cops are bad. Some of them are making, making an effort to... Um, to do the right thing. However, that is difficult for them to do when you have the bad cops and, um, you know, snitchers, you know. Um, I heard someone make a good point yesterday that had any of the um, other, what, two or three cops in, in Minneapolis had attempted to, um, to restrain or push away um, Chauvin, the guy who knelt on uh, George Floyd's neck, Chauvin would have either probably shot them or those officers would have faced disciplinary action internally. And that's a possibility because we all know about this secret secret code and, and stuff that exists in the police department. Um, if you snitch, you're, you may get disciplined for that or quite possibly worst. Um, I heard of a case in New Jersey where um, someone had had been shot or something like that. I forgot the, 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 the story in its entirety. However, one of the cops who uh, attempted to restrain the officer who was carrying out arm to the citizen, he attempted to restrain the, the, the officer and um, the FBI have to step in and um, offer him um, 
24-hour protection. So there is this code within the police force that is not working um, on behalf of the best interests of the, um, the, 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 the citizens of which they're supposed to be serving. And that is the issue that a lot of people have with the police. I don't think it's a sense where people outright hate the police. It's the things that some of the police does that end up reflecting, um, some of the police do rather, that end up re reflecting on the entire force. They say one bad apple spoils the whole bunch of apples. And that's what we are seeing in this case. Hello, sir. Hey, hey. Hey, can you see me? Can you hear me? I see it, V. Okay, so you can see me. Let me bring you in, sir. How are yeah. things, man? There yeah. you are. I think I see you. There you, you are. See at me? There you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see at me looks, Bro, put looks that, cool. Put the glasses on. Look like you're squinting. I need to. I need to look. I need to look. Uh, I need look, to look studious. studious. Look studious like I do. And you look studious. Looking good. Looking good. How are you, man? Right, right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, good. You know, I. It's amazing. Um, well, wow. I'm. I'm. I'm in all types of. Uh, put it this way. I'm. I'm in the real definition of what being a man is. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so, so as as a man, you're um, you wear different hats. You know, in one moment you're your dad, one moment you're a friend, one moment you're a psychologist. I know, right? You're, <laughs> you're a financer. You know? I know. I know. Um, Never so, ends. Um, so you have all of that going on, and you know we have um, definitely shout out to the young people that's um, running the charge right now. Oh, yes. Um, on, on the street. Now, I was telling my daughter, um, you know, I did my uh, my protests when I was in college. I, you know, when I went to New York City Tech, we had the, had the tuition hike. And, and funny enough, the tuition hike we were um, raising the noise for was for the father mm -hmm. of the governor right now because he was um, Cuomo at the time. Okay. So we were, we crossed over the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. We went down to Wall Street, took it over. We went to City College. We were here. <laughs> we took over the FDR. We went to Baruch, and um, we made a lot of noise. And, and I mean, it was raining. It was it was crazy. Mm -hmm. So you know, I I did enough of the protest thing. Um, I I I never shared this with anyone but i'm going to share it with the with the, with the um with the audience um so this day uh so so my my school uh the main uh, entrance was uh was j street mm -hmm. and um across the street is a clipboard auditorium and there was a uh, a correctional uh bus now, what was happening is that we wasn't allowing anyone to pass through the street. We took the street over. <laughs> so, of course, this guy he has um, he has he has prisoners in this uh, correctional uh, thing, and they're trying to cut through. Mm -hmm. So I got up first by myself. Now, I had a bottle in my hand. <laughs> uh -oh. 
<laughs> and I'm in the middle of the street. I say, you can't pass. <laughs> and I'm pointing them, <laughs> pointing them back that way. So he's tooting the horn, toop, toop, toop. And I'm there, I'm like, now nah, back that way, you know. And I have the button in my hand, and he's, you know, of course, it was a white driver too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so he had, of course, his brothers in the bus, like, like cheering me on. And uh, so, but at one point, I remember becoming deaf. Like the adrenaline was like here. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm deaf. I hear nothing else. Wow. Nothing else. And I'm my eye is fixated on the guy behind the steering wheel. Mm. Like literally fixated. And there were some other officers on the block. Mm-hmm. And I think the supervisor of those officers, he came on the street and signaled the guy to turn around. Mm-hmm. Yo, when that happened, I turned around. Remember, I thought it was—I thought it was me by myself. <laughs> I turned around. It was like twenty people. Cats was lying down in the street. Oh, you serious? <laughs> wow. I mean, brothers was like, "Oh, you gonna have to drive over me." And, oh my uh, gosh! I, you know, it was like I had like so many people behind me. I didn't even know they could. They stood behind me. <laughs> Until the bus, when the bus pulled back, I turn around and I'm like, where y'all come from? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was like, I was like, yo, this is dope. I mean, it was, it, you know, it was a, a, a drill. In there. I was, can imagine. I can imagine. You know, uh, let me tell you, this, this uh, last week was my first protest i went the week before but i just went by accident this last week i went because i wanted to be there and um just the unity and the diversity of the crowd and it does something to me it was a combination of feeling proud that i was there feeling proud to see how peaceful the the protests were and i was just sharing with the uh the viewers before you call that Newark is now getting some attention um, for the peacefulness of the mm-hmm. protest, you know, and um, I believe it's in part because the cops were present, but they were totally hands off, you know, they were mm-hmm. standing way uh, away from from what was going on. There was no agitation or anything like that. Um, at one point, they were even guiding the crowd through the um, through the protest par- path, you know, and I thought mm-hmm. that was good. Um, but since um, since the death of uh, George Floyd, there has been 140 protests um, mm-hmm. in this, in in uh, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, different towns, different 140 protests throughout that's the so, entire New number. Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. I drove through Montclair. Montclair is uh, it's it's a diverse city, but predominantly mm-hmm. white, and they were having their own protests. Englewood was having their own protests, you know. Um, so it, it, it's very, it's a good thing to see that people are, um, are showing support in whatever mm-hmm. ways that they can. That's a good thing. That's always a good thing. But as we discussed last week, you know, there are those who are just there for whatever reason. Um, Opportunists. Opportunists, exactly. Who mm-hmm. are, you know, stirring up some stuff 
that we really do not need, whether now or ever. And so um, it's important that we um, we continue our discussions, you know, as Caribbean mm -hmm. people, um, we we should let our voices heard because we are we're residents and citizens of this country. And so mm -hmm. everything affects us, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to add to that, um, I tuned in a little bit to Michael Basden last night. Mm -hmm. um, and his first caller Powerful. was uh, a Latino brother. Mm -hmm. And he was calling on the Latino community mm. that they need to step up their game. Yep. And this was a... I've, I've heard of... I heard woke Latino brothers before. The, the brothers that are woke, <laughs> they're unstoppable, they're, they're, right? And the Hispanic, uh -huh. they don't have that. They don't have. They're not confused. No, they're not about if they're black or not. Exactly. They're not confused. They understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And and the the five minutes or the three minutes this brother called on it was a Latino brother, and he called on and he said, "Look, I want to rally up the Latino family." He said, "Look, we have to help our black brothers and sisters. They've been." fighting the charge for umpteen thing and a lot. So he spoke about a lot of what uh, what they benefit from that, mm -hmm. that we paved the way. Exactly. And, and, and our, our American brothers and sisters uh, paved the way. And I, I thought that was such a commendable call to make. And um, we, need, we need other ethnicities to step up. We do, we do, because yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are all in the same boat. You see, um, we are not lily white. We are not what they want us to be. And so, like you say, we are all in this fight together, and we have to, we have to do our part. Whether you're an Indian, whether you are. Uh, Chinese, Taiwanese, whatever. We're all in it together, like you say. And uh, there are those who would want to feel that they're different from us. At the end of the day, the struggle is the same, if you ask me, you see. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. this coalition, we have to build a coalition against all of this racism that we're seeing. And uh, do not allow what is happening to it's uh, it's hard for it not to affect us on any level mm -hmm. but we cannot we cannot dwell on those things we have to start fighting for what we believe in as human beings you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. uh, and and um someone sent me a clip with uh with dick gregory yesterday mm -hmm. as how to how to deal with the the police department and I never thought about that before. And, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with a lot of Dick Gregory's, um, you know, clips and a lot yeah. of his things. I had never seen that clip before. And he was saying, this is how you deal with the police department. He said, pass legislation that all officers need to be insured. They need to be insured. They oh. need to be insured. And he said, once they're insured, there'll be stipulations that you know it's, it's like he says it's like a driver he says it's a regular person you know okay. you gotta have insurance for your car mm -hmm. and if you don't have insurance there's certain types of stipulations that's going to happen they'll take your license from you they'll take this from you they'll take that from you 
Um, he said the same thing with the taxi drivers. He mm. said they have to be insured. And if they're not insured, you know, they could lose their their um, their, their medallion and all these different things. He said they have to, once you make them put it in a situation where they're insured, then they'll change their behavior. Mm. And he said he doesn't have anything to do with them liking you. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, do you like your insurance company? Do you like the fact that you're going to get a ticket or you're going to get your stuff taken away? <laughs> right, or right. Have your license suspended? He say you don't have to like anybody. It's just that the fact that you know that these things would happen, you play it serves your, as a deterrent, you play right? your cards, right? You play your cards accordingly. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it makes sense. It's good. Folks would pl- play their cards. The officers would play their cards. If they know that, okay, you know what, my livelihood as also depend, depends on my level, of the type of friends I have, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it could be taken, you know, maybe you got to insure the bullets too. I know, right? You know, and <laughs> Crazy. I'm, yeah, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering, I have, I have a lot of questions on the, on the Brooks, um, uh, and I have to call it a murder because... There's no reason why that brother needs to be dead right now. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have been dead. It shouldn't. It's not there, warranted. Know, there's no reason why he should have been dead. And the, and then the other thing too, he was not on the main road. That was the other thing. I'm like, okay, if he's not on the main road, he's in a parking lot of an establishment. Couldn't you just say, look, park over here and sleep it off? Or let's drop you home. Or I mean, you know, Apple, uh, uh, is the police still to protect and serve? Especially if you if you realize that the guy was kind of drunk, <clears throat> you thought they would have, you know, show a little more constraint, if you may. A drunk person is not a hundred percent aware uh, of what they're doing. That is my point. You see what I'm saying? That is my point. If you if someone is tipsy or they have a little thing going on. Could you imagine if he wasn't drunk? Oh my God! Oh my God! And he took on the two officers. Yeah, I mean, his actions probably would have been worse. But even so, officers have to show some some level of constraint. I mean, I don't I don't know if these cops are being trained properly. They're 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 being trained so fast too that, I mean, why should someone go to college for four years? You go to med school for between seven and ten years, and you went to uh, you can become a cop in what 21, 21 months, twenty one weeks, or something like that. It no, doesn't no, make no, it's, not, it's not weeks. What? What is it? It can be weeks. It's probably days. And I, I, you know, well, I don't even know. We probably need to, to Google that. And yeah, we need to Google that one. But um, it doesn't you know, make there sense. There was a clip. There was a clip that we that we had circulating. Um, with a young man, they were pulling him up to the to the back of a vehicle, like the back of a truck or something. And just before they were about to put him in the truck, he darted off and mm. started running. You know, I laughed at it. But, you know, it was just funny to see it happen. But as something at the end of the video struck me, that, okay, he got away. And one of the officers fired. Now I don't know if it was rubber bullets or if it was whatever it was. But even okay, so, he, was he supposed to he, fire when someone's back that is the, to you? That is the you're question. You're not supposed to be firing. Okay, he got away from you. Either you're gonna run him down, or maybe you already know where he lives. Right. Why are you shooting? 
what why what gives these guys the inclination that if a black man is running that they need to shoot you know what, what is it you know? you know let me take a quick break and then i answer that we'll be right back um <laughs> we you've been listening to soul food and watching soul food and lemonade with my special guest sam archer who is an author a singer songwriter a producer and an entrepreneur uh, yes, yeah, show the book there. I'm going to play you one of his promos right now. Um, uh, this brother is very knowledgeable on a lot of things. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Soul Food and Lemonade with me, Delhi, along with Sam Archer, producer, songwriter, author. Um, uh, what am I missing? Entrepreneur, blogger. Uh, um, Just a regular guy. He wears many, many hats. Yeah, regular guy, very humble. You know, I've known Sam for a number of By the way, Sam, Sam is also my producer. He produced my last album. My life back in 2012. So um, we go way back. We go way back. It was really? Yeah, it 2012. No, 2007, actually. 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah, 27. Did we do something in uh, 2012? Though? Oh, yes, we did. We did um, the singles um, Glow. We did the single ah, Glow. Ah, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah did. we did something. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we did. Right. We did. All right, yeah. so back to what we were talking about. Um, what was your last point again? I, I know you made it. You made a point, and I was supposed to be answering it. Yes. So I, I spoke about a clip where the young man took off mm -hmm. from the officers. So he got away, and so he was a couple yards up, and one of the officers started shooting behind him. Crazy. I'm, I'm assuming it's rubber bullets. Maybe it was. You know. Um, but it, it was sort of like a reflex. It, it, so it wasn't even like they thought about it. It was like he took off, pop, 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 pop. You know, it was like just so, like so soon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is, is this how they're trained? I mean, if... if no, if they're not trained like that. Here is the situation. I don't know what they're telling them um, behind the scenes, how to treat black people. Because I've seen video, I've seen video on Facebook 
where the cop pulled over a white guy. The guy literally refused to obey his orders. The cop pulled out a taser on the guy. The guy started chasing, the, literally start chasing the cop around. Got into one. the cop car and crashed the cop car into the side of his car. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So, so it has to be something that they're telling these officers how to go about handling black people because they do not handle white people like that. They do that's, not. That's, that's facts. So it Short has facts. to be, it has to be something going on that that we don't know about. And uh, if you ask me, it seems as if when these um, secret messages are going out, they're not going out to every cops, blacks, whites, or Latino. It's going out to predominantly white cops. Because mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to tell a black cop, okay, you must do X, Y, and Z to a black man, you know, unless you've been fully converted, you're well, not well, going to obey. Let, you know, there's a clip on my Facebook wall where I don't remember whose show it was, but they were interviewing black and Latino officers, and they were telling you point blank that they tell them Oh, yes, I remember that clip. That they have to go out there. Make and, arrests. And make arrests. You in know. impoverished neighborhoods. People, yeah. who, people yeah. who pretty mm-hmm. much are down yeah. and out, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It is, it is sickening. It's very sickening, you know? So, so which means that they're putting some sort of a pressure. On these cops. On the officers. Mm-hmm. That, okay, you need to be chalking your numbers up. So, so it's, it's not really about... Protecting and serving. No, it's about numbers. It's it's a competition. It's about okay, you know, moving up in a in a in the uh, ranks. In in the ranks. Yeah, and I think that uh, I don't know. I'm just assuming that maybe, just maybe, the more arrests are made each year, the more funding they get. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's like coronavirus. You know, they were declaring people. They weren't testing people. They were declaring them to have had the coronavirus. And the more coronavirus um, victims they declare, I guess mm-hmm. the more funding those hospitals will get. You see, <laughs> so this system is so screwed up; it's it's unbelievable, really unbelievable. And how can you trust the system knowing that it's not working in your favor? You give us absolutely no incentive or no reason to trust this broken system. And you wonder why is it some of us do the things that we do, you know? And uh, another thing they don't realize, and and I I thought about this last night. Mm -hmm. For as long as black people have been in bondage in this country, Mm -hmm. the psychological effects have to be greater than we can even imagine. You know, even... If you, if you can't get the funding to buy a house, if you can't send your child to the best schools, if you can't get the, the promotion on your job because of the color of your skin, if you can't wear your natural hair, it's a lot of burden for black people to bear due now, to the system. How do you thing- expect people not to react a certain way or behave a certain way under those mm-hmm. circumstances? That is one side of the of the coin. The other side of the coin is Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
uh-huh. and other financial districts. There are other financial districts that have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So not only you don't want us in your quality of life, you don't want us to build a quality of life. Either. Exactly, exactly. And you yeah. talk about the Tulsa, Oklahoma stuff. There's a video that I was going to play. It's laced with a whole lot of profanity. But I think that the, the most important point, this was a white guy, a white guy that mm-hmm. took issues with white people not wanting blacks to succeed. And he did mention the, Tokla, uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma situation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, you, and you say this is not systemic. It is systemic. It is systemic. You see, that's why I said on the show the last time, it's not it's not okay an issue that you would have with a specific white person. It's a system. It's a system. And and a lot of us don't understand, not you and me, but there's a lot there's a there's a sector of people that don't understand what racism is. Mm-hmm. We we put racism in the same bucket with prejudice and hate. Right. It's which totally it's different. Not. Racism not is accompanied by changing the quality of life on the person that you think that you're superior to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you do the redlining and you do the, you know, you put people in situations where they can't improve their credit, um, their credit history, you, you, you marginalize the, the, the education, you marginalize the health care, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you marginalize everything, you, every uh, thing that they want to build up, uh, you tear it down. And um, look, look, recently we had um, Byron Allen having to take uh, Comcast to court, uh, you know, and a couple of people were kind of upset with the outcome. And I think they were saying that he he uh, it was a personal benefit, you know. However, you look at it, Byron Allen Byron Allen kept saying through the interviews, he said, "Look, uh, let's have a discussion. Let's, let, you let's know, he was to open the table. to have yeah. mm-hmm. He was he was open to come to the table. So after the case, um, and I think people are, are mis- misunderstanding. He won the case in the Ninth Circuit, right." He wasn't going to the Supreme Court. He didn't take them to the Supreme Court. It was they it's who took Comcast him there. Comcast taking him yeah. to the Supreme Court. So, but somehow it sounds as if he lost the case. But he won the case in the Ninth Circuit, and then the Supreme Court threw out the case and said, "We're going to lean on what the Ninth Circuit said," which makes sense because now if he wins the case, it means that now they can come to the table because they have nothing else to do. Right. At that point. Right. Uh, unless I understand it incorrectly, and I'm, you know, I'm open to be corrected, you know. So I'm not sure if he had. Told, I, I'm not sure if he had um, outright lost the case. I think they sent it back to another um, lower portion of the courts to mm-hmm. to resolve something like that. But the right, thing the, is, but he won. He won the Ninth Circuit. That situation. Yeah, he did won that. Yeah, that one he won. That's but, when they. That's when uh, Comcast decided. Or, or the other, I think it was two companies, mm-hmm. and then they decided now to take him up to the Supreme Court. Right. So it wasn't him, you know. It was just an extension of the lawsuit, but uh, I'm not sure if he lost anything. That's my point. They, you know, so there's a. I gotta do a little research. Yeah, on I'm, I'm kind of seeing um, if I find anything right but, now. But the. Uh, but my point is, uh, 
racism has to be accompanied by some sort of a of a uh, like a law or some sort of a thing that you put in place. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when you went to facilities where they say, you know, uh, niggers drink over here or coloreds drink over here, right? That is racism. Because now you 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 know it's not that you're spewing the hate, but now you're putting some form of a of a of a action behind it, right? To deprive this other person from drinking from this part of the water, he has to go over here and drink, mm-hmm. right? You had cases where you have a restaurant, and you know, the black person you come in from the front. If you're buying, there was a, some door, some window in the back. You had to buy your food right in the back, so that you're uh, you not know. be seen by everyone else. <laughs> you, Crazy, right? And you you have the case with uh, Jesse Owens, who went to to um, one day the Olympics. He comes back, and he can't come into the the award ceremony through the front door. He has to go through through the kitchen. To go inside. Uh, this is a champion we're talking about. Mm. Uh, so, so you know, you look at all of that. That's that's racism. It is. Now you you hate a conversation, and that's why I was telling a friend of mine. I said, "Look, a black person can't be racist," and he wasn't getting the point. A and lot said, of people don't get that point. That black people are, are naturally yeah, yeah. we can't be racist. A black person can, can hate you. A black person can still uh, prejudice against you. We could do all the talking, but can I change your quality of life? Absolutely between not. Today and tomorrow. Absolutely I not. I can't. And if I can't do it, if I don't own the drug facilities or the hospital or the banks or the education system or the justice system, how can I be racist? I know. How can a black person I be know. racist? I know. So yeah, we we are prejudiced, and and yeah, and, we may hate you. But you can't say hate and prejudice is racism. It has to be accompanied by some form of action. And to that point. That changes the quality of life to the person. Exactly. And to that point, we need to understand that a lot of these uh, billionaires and multi-millionaires in the black community, even they are censored to a certain extent. A lot of them cannot speak freely on these things because at the end of the day, it's a lot of white people who hold their purse strings, and we need to realize that as well. So you have Oprah who will say something, but not exactly what she wants to say. You have Michael Jordan who who never really say anything until recently, and then you have people like LeBron James who really don't care what comes out of his mouth, and um, you know he's an exception to the rule. His to me, LeBron is more powerful than Oprah at this point, you know, mm-hmm. because whatever whatever is happening, we it's it's the white people who hold a lot of these people's purse string. So they cannot speak as freely, even if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. see? And so people are saying, oh, where is this person? Why isn't this person speaking out and stuff? You have to understand that. Yeah, they're millionaires and billionaires, but somebody else is over their monies. They're all a part of some secret society, if you ask me. They're all are being manipul- manipulated. So we're not the only ones being manipulated. 
those rich and powerful black folks are being manipulated too. Just that their ma manipulation comes yeah, and, and, in a and, different and, form, in a financial form. Mm -hmm. And some people don't get and, that. And it's very, it's very petty. That's the other problem. I know. It's a petty, <laughs> it's a petty type of a thing. And you're like, you know, I, I saw a clip yesterday. Uh, an Amazon driver was making a delivery. Oh, Jesus. That hurts me so bad. I'm I'm saying to myself, <laughs> he drops off a package. I'm very very sure it was less than three minutes. I know. Let, let's let's yeah. say it's five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Which delivery did did you ever see a law or hear about a law that a delivery driver of any sort, whether it's the post service or or UPS or FedEx or whoever it is, that they have to park on the right side of the street to make a delivery? Never heard that. Because I've seen them parking in some, <laughs> some you know, But that's the point. Ways. They're not there for long. It's no. like they have to just drop something off. So, so... Once again, I'm it's looking, about quotas. <laughs> I, well, you see, but that's my point. It's about my quotas. Point, my point is crime has gone down. Mm. So now the pressure that they're putting on the officers is to find some sort of something petty to charge you that for. they could be they could look like they're doing their job. Mm -hmm. So you so you call assistance. Now you're taller than the kid. <laughs> you're bigger than the kid. I know. And you need to call fifty million other cops to your for assistance. To arrest a little kid, I am so sure that chief because I looked at the the, the clip where the where the superior of the officer was saying um, trying to let the kid look bad, and I'm like, no, the kid ain't looking bad. You're like, looking You're stupid. Looking bad. It's like you really had time to arrest a delivery kid who's driving an Amazon truck, who's in uniform. Where the lady who he drops it off at is saying to you, he dropped the package off. Wait, wait a second. Did the truck mark Amazon? The truck had Amazon <laughs> on it. There, that's the thing. Common sense is lacking in. But it's the same thing that a lot you of took common to, sense um, is lacking to Omar from CNN. I know, He's right? Reporting the news live. He's saying to you, this is a live broadcast right now. And they took him anyway. And you, you're arresting him live on TV. Like, look, like, I, I think I, it's I a combination it's of arrogance, um, a combination of not wanting to feel like you're weak or whatever it is. Whatever it is, it is still dumb and stupid and very petty, as you say. It. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And sometimes even the court, even the court system is petty and dumb sometimes. I'm sorry. Delroy, let me tell you something. If I was an officer and I'm at work and that officer called me for assistance. Like hell no. I was slapping him. <laughs> like if I came there and saw what it was, whatever it was, a, a, a black kid or a white kid or whoever. Whoever, you know, exactly. And you know, I slap. I'm like, look. Don't call me for this this nonsense. 
if you need assistance, you know, you better really need some real assistance. So now 10 of you are here to arrest this little kid. So to, for what? Because he didn't want to show you his ID. Oh, Jesus. This, I don't know, man. <laughs> Stupidity is running rampant in this country. Stupidity runs rampant. I, I don't get in it. In certain cases. Maybe, maybe someone, maybe one of your listeners or one of your viewers could you can uh, clarify or something. Give us some, give us some kind of thing on this. But, but, but it's, it's like, I mean, what is the judge going to say? It depends if the judge is a Democrat or a Republican. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, that would probably change the course of, <laughs> oh, that would change the reasoning right there. <laughs> so, because that's like, that's like, a, that is like a teacher who cannot be in charge of his or her class. I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's like so you 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 trying to instruct the kids, and the kids giving you their lip, and the the the, the principal or the administrator is like, well, <laughs> they're not coming to detention over that. You I need know, to be right? able to control it. Exactly. <laughs> so if you can't control it, I mean, really and truly, you're gonna stop. <laughs> oh God! An officer. Is going to stop because he sees an Amazon truck turned the other way, and the guy is going back to the truck, and I you know. want to have a conversation about how he's parking. I, I'm telling you, common sense is lacking, man. The the the, the most of basic of there? common sense, a lot what of they, people do not what? exercise. They they put a, they do they they, they bathe in a, a bath of stupidity before. Probably, they <laughs> but I'm just, I'm trying to get it. Probably they do. <laughs> oh, this is funny. This is funny. They, they, they take a bath of stupidity before they go out and work. It, it's, it, there's no other explanation. I know, right? But you, but you know the the thing the thing is too. Um, I am I am concerned about what is next after all of these protests for black people. What is next? Do we have a real agenda going forward? How are we going to deal with things, even if change come about? How do we deal with these changes? If none come about, are we going to just throw our hands up and give up? What is next for us? What well, is um, next? As a, as a people, we've never really thrown our hands up. and, and Well, no, up, we've up. never. We're like, uh, you know, we're like water coming down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there's something in the way, we'll go around it. Right. The thing that we're lacking is what was taken away from us. You know, there's a, I forgot the name of the sister. I think she's an author. And she spoke, um, my goodness, I wish I could remember her name right now. She did a little video re uh, about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And she spoke about, she, she compared our situation to the game of Mono uh, Monopoly. Mm -hmm. you, you saw that clip? No, I, I haven't seen and, and, and she said about, you know, you go around for 400, well, you, you, you go around 400 times. But of course, you didn't really know that she's talking about 400 years. Yeah, she's right. just giving you the, the, the monopoly mm -hmm. uh, explanation. Mm -hmm. And um, what I like that she spoke about, she said, look, you quarreling about a target that they're looting and all of that. 
It's like, we don't own it. I know, right? <laughs> what are you worried about it for? You know, if we don't own anything, why do you care? And, and you know, she made a really, really solid point. But my, my point is to, to, to go to that is from your question that in terms of where do we go? Be, the fact that they, they, they tore down, you know, the Rosewoods, the, 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 the Black Wall Streets, all the different mm. financial districts. And actually, in a way, they sort of decimated Harlem. If you notice, Harlem oh, yeah. is not really our center of... Anymore. Harlem, Harlem was kind of like unofficially our center of connectivity yeah. here. Yeah. And that's, that's gradually... Uh, dissipated. Newark is becoming the same way too. Newark is becoming and, super diverse. Yeah. So it used so to be a black the thing city. Is we don't really have like like one or even two or three different organizations that cater. So for example, if you're running for office, mm -hmm. any kind of office, uh, councilman, uh, 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 senator, governor, whatever, mayor, what have you, mm -hmm. and you want to talk to representatives of the black community there's really no one for you to talk to i know right you can talk in to part from the in part community. because i think in part because a lot of them have been bought out you know um well, sad well, to no, say we, we, but that is in a sense but what i'm saying is i'm going before that if you're gonna burn down if, if we're trying to build something and you keep burning it down mm-hmm then it means that you're dispersing the you're dispersing the process. So the one leader here and the one leader there. Now, I mean, we see what they did with uh, with King and Malcolm and Evers and, mm. and, and all these different right, people. Right, right. When you had that one figure, they assassinated mm -hmm. these one figures. I mean, I think the only person who got it right was um was Harriet Tubman. You know, plus know. she had her gun. And you know, if, you, <laughs> if you were a Candace Owens, I mean, you know, Harriet Don't shot you dead. Well. But Harriet ain't gonna meet she had no time to waste with no Candace Owens. I know, Owens right? <laughs> she, she crack a bullet where the sun doesn't shine. She, she, she did that. I think she put a couple of people, I understand that Harriet put a couple of people to sleep. She had no time for your nonsense. <laughs> so, so, um, the, the, when you have the assassinations now, it, it sort of, it sort of not that it deters anyone, but it sort of changes how the approach would be. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? They always so take you, out the most powerful of us. They always right. take them out. So, so now when you mention that the leaders are bought out, it's, it's not that they're really bought out. It's sort of like they're probably trying to find the next groove. You know, like like I think Oprah is trying to find the next groove right now. Okay, Oprah should have found that groove a long time ago. If you <laughs> if you ask me, she should have found it a long time ago. You know, everyone is trying to find magic. That groove. Is, uh, not magic, but Jordan is slowly coming around. It seems. Uh, but uh, which led to my uh, my next question, which leads into my next question. Okay, mm. a lot of these. Um, Powerful people, black people, mm -hmm. tend to have um, uh, Caucasian spouses. Some of them. <laughs> Can you truly, 
I'm just yeah. asking. I'm asking because it's a question. You're for a friend? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just asking because I want to know exactly how this works. Okay. So let's take Magic Johnson for, ex uh, not Magic, but Michael Jordan, for example. His mm -hmm. wife is white. Um, okay. Let's take these two guys on um, NBC. Um, the morning host, his wife is white. Um, Don Lemon is married to a white guy. Um, mm. How can you how can you truly represent blacks, knowing that your situation is not one hundred percent there? I'm just trying to understand. I'm not trying to discount what the, the, mm. their choice of love or anything. I'm just trying to get an understanding at, of how exactly does that work? How do you discuss black issues with your white partner without um, a lack of understanding a, or complete understanding? A, I don't know. Touchy, uh, that's a touchy subject. Um, because I've had, I, would, I have I friends who are married that. to white people. I have white in my family. You see what I'm uh, saying? But I don't I don't know if for me I would be comfortable talking about serious black issues mm -hmm. around them. That's just me. I'm talking I'm speaking for myself. Um of course I'm, I'm not racist. But I don't know if that would be now, a real conversation you, to have with You remember you can't you remember Remember, you can't be racist now. You you can exactly change <laughs> the quality of life for anyone. Exactly, but I'm just trying to understand. If anybody out there watching and hearing what I'm saying, um, I would love to get your opinion on this. And maybe I should go over to Facebook to see if anyone have you know put any message there or something. It's just so, a so genuine question that, of mine, though. Um, I remember uh, Dr. Umar had a very very low tolerance for that he was like look you know it's it's a toughie um and it is i think it is some some people uh i think if you have a partner that is um that can support mm -hmm. it's really more about a the support they may not understand um but the support level of it okay uh, would um is probably how it works okay um and then you can't really determine who you fall in love with exactly that's a whole other, that's, that's another a whole point thing um but you know tina turner said it best you know what's love what's love got to do with it right <laughs> you know i have a i have a um a a, a a philosophy on marriage it's not a popular philosophy and, and um I, I remember um with, with my ex-wife we were um we had opposing views but i came out uh with the notion that marriage is a business mm. and if you want to see how much of a business marriage is just go to divorce court i know right and you will they will everything even your draws will show you how business <laughs> They'll show you how business it is, <laughs> and and some people felt that I had a it was a harsh way to look at it. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm not, it's not about me being harsh about it. It's about being realistic. Right. And if you're realistic to understand that, okay, both of you are coming together to build something. You're building a business. You're building a matrimony. You're building something that you're going to invest in. There's going to be children involved, possibly. Mm. You, you know, there's there's going to be property. There's going to be all these different things. So, you know, yes, you may love the person or you may like the person, right. however, whatever it is. But it's an arrangement. Well, it so. has been reported that Melania Trump did not move into the White House until after she had renegotiated her prenup. That's out hey, of the deal. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but but um, the 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 objective here is if it's about if if you're thinking that it's about love. Um, you know, Dr. Umar had, um, although he's in a little bit of hot water right now. Oh, what, um, what, what did he do he, now? <laughs> Let's not go into that. Yeah. We talked about that after, it's, afterwards. It's a, whole, a whole thing. Uh-oh. Um, I, well, let's just say this way and then we'll, we'll move, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. I prefer him as a speaker. Okay. As, a, as I think as a motivational speaker mm-hmm. and, um, maybe a consultant. Mm-hmm. I think that's his area. Okay. Um, he's been trying to open a school and it's just been okay. really it's been rough. But he um he spoke on he spoke on the the marriages of, of um you know inter interracial marriages. marriages. And he he had some harsh um realities to it, you know, and he said, look, you know, he look you look at some of the athletes. And he says, "Look, you know, they'll have, they'll always have a token black somewhere, and more than likely would like to set them up with someone other than black. And when that person dies, guess where all that value goes to? Mm. It goes back to the white side of things. Um, that was his point of view. Now it's very harsh to, you know, when he, you check it out. But I mean, how far from reality is he?" Um, you know, that's a touchy subject because I have dear friends who are married to white and uh, to whites and they truly love each other unconditionally, doing the best to raise their families together and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, there's always that um issue of race, whether it's valid or not, if you if you if you get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um it comes down to support. I yeah, think I think it comes down to support. And, um, you know, if, if you are confident with who you, you're married to and know that they will be there for you through thick rain or shine, you know, sleet or mm-hmm. snow, then there shouldn't be a problem, really and truly. I don't see a problem. But when people are marrying just because they, they don't want a, uh, a black woman or a black man to have a... Uh, to, to have access to their wealth or whatever other stuff, um, then that's a that's a that's a serious issue, you know. Um, people get married for various reasons: um, some for love, some for money, um, some are gold diggers, and you know a whole long list of various reasons why people get married. But if it's for the right reasons, all the right reasons, then it's so good. It's all good. I have friends whose wife is white and she support 100%. When I tell you 100%, that is a beautiful thing to see. 
Not to say that you wouldn't have a black woman wouldn't support her um, her spouse the same. Well, right, right, that's correct. We not we you not, see. There's no issues with the sisters here. The, the issue is how would you have a conversation in a uh, interracial uh, uh, marriage about race, especially when it's a like like a time like this? How yeah. Do you, how do you, do you really live through this type of time? And then you also got to think about the kids. Knowing that when you walk down the streets, all eyes are on you and your kids. And the kids. How does that make you feel being in that partnership? Um, maybe I need to ask someone who is in the situation. So, so folks, yeah, folks, you know? should, uh, folks because should respond. Do you have anyone, um, you have anyone on the Actually, on to Facebook be honest with you, I thought we were, we were streaming live, but I was recording it instead. I, yeah, that's so it's being recorded. So it will, you know, okay. we're gonna use some of those same points in this yeah, posting. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, I, I thought I thought we were live too, but that's good. That's you're still good. gonna be up there. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna do some editing. If yeah, you, if exactly. Need. But, uh, yeah, but, but we, we could encourage folks who's, who's looking at this, uh, uh, episode to, to, to please comment and, and, um, give us, give us, um, Give us the, the, the input uh, on it because it, it's a it's something that um, you, you know it, it's, it's a touchy so it's really touchy mm -hmm. because you know you get to see the real person and on I guess on both ends yes eventually you get to see who you're with. How they think, how they understand things, and um, if the support isn't there, then it's a different type of conversation. Right. So that's why I'm pushing more on the, on the support button. It's like if you have someone in your life and they support the situation, you know. I think the guy who who um who directed and played um, <clears throat> uh, Nat Turner. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's in a, I mean, I, did you see, did you see the Nat Turner uh, movie? No, I never saw it. I never saw it. No, I'm so far beyond when it comes to movies, it's not to movies. It's not funny. Well, you know who Nat Turner was. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, he did, I thought he did a really good job with the film. It's a, it's an excellent movie. Um, and, and, uh, but, but his, his wife, his wife is white. You know, so so I would say support if you you know if you yeah supporting. maybe it's all about support. Um, it, it comes and down true to love that. because if it's about discussing race, then it's different from us to what they're gonna think. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's night and day. Right. You know, because one person might be like, well, I didn't have this to, to I didn't have this problem to deal with. Okay, All right, well, let's pause for a minute. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back. If you're just joining, I'm speaking to some uh, some archer and we are talking about various topics as it uh, relates to race and um, you know, so on and so forth. We'll be right back.
what's up? The App Haven online radio app for Android is the hottest radio app to hit the market. Download it now from the Google Play Store. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's a nice song right there, man. I like that back. You you create that. Oh, by the way, let me let me tell everyone our theme song on this show was created by the man himself, Sam Archer. He created the te- the theme song for us, and I'm just gonna play it in the background while we chop it up a little bit more. Um, listen, man, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's the man right yes. there. He created the theme song. And, um, you know, uh, let me ask you this question. You were talking about Nat Turner. Did you, were, were you finished with that thought? or? Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just, um, the point where we were talking about interracial uh, right. Okay. how they would discuss things. And we, 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 well, what I concluded, or we concluded that it's about the support. Right. All right, so let me ask you this: as 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 uh, members of the Caribbean community, do you think that we are we are we fully understand the scope of what African Americans are going through, even though we live here? Do you think we empathize or sympathize enough? What has been your experience? Because um, my experience is that some people feel that they don't belong in the march and the protest because they're not from here. And, and I, I, I dispel that argument completely mm-hmm. because I am a part of this society now. Mm-hmm. Whatever affects one group of people affects all group of people in most cases. And so... Mm-hmm. I do not see myself as an outsider, especially because I've been living here for so long. You see what I'm saying? What has been your experience, if any, well, we're, and we're, how do you view this whole thing? The, the brothers and sisters say I always felt um, welcome. There, there was no, um, no set of, uh, I never got any... Uh, pushback or yeah he's he's not from here or he you know he has his accent or or what have you and um you know i I never got that um but you know we have to remember that we can come here because of the work that they put in 
Mm-hmm. You know, I remember um, listening to, um, there's a brother by the name of Bob Fredericks. And um, he used to be at uh, WLIB uh, uh, in, in, in the city. And, uh, you know, anytime any sort of talk of division would come up, you know, he would say, look, guys, he says, when I, I, I and um, Bob, Bob Fredericks, I think he's from Grenada. He's a mm-hmm. Grenadian brother. And he'll say, look, when I came here, it's the American brothers that, that gave me the mic. Mm. Nice enough to give me a minute to use the mic. He said, "Look, we can't, we can't come here with that sort of right, um, right attitude." Um, you know, and and anyone that has that attitude, um, it you know, you, you fix it quickly. <laughs> That's true. And and for me personally, you know, it, I can I can tell you that I have experienced people telling me to go back to my country. Um, but for the most part, I would say the majority of my supporters, people who have supported me and have rallied around me and have watched my show and, you know, support everything I do, the majority, I would mm-hmm. say upwards of 90% are African-Americans. So they, okay. have, em- they have embraced me wholeheartedly. But mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had situations where I was told to go back to my country and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, um, you know, of course, I responded to it, you know, <laughs> and um, because that's just who I am. If you say something negative yeah, but, to me, you I'm going to respond. And, and sometimes I, I don't respond you know, in I'm, anger. I'm just saying between, between us as communities, you know, let's say, mm-hmm. okay, you, you're Caribbean and, you know, the family might be from my South Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, we may say little things. Yeah, I've heard that. Between, I've heard that. But yeah. Not, yeah, but it's not anything that they're actually gonna you know really you know go beyond uh, behind that yeah but the thing is it was said in anger um Mm -hmm. and i understand where that anger is coming from i really do Mm -hmm. but at the same time i didn't dwell on it you know because sometimes people say stuff out of anger and it means absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing and you can't really buy into it although i did respond to it you see, mm-hmm. and then I had to realize, why am I responding to that? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have to catch yourself and check yourself. You remember, you know? We have to remember, too, that, uh, you know, the persons who really put that whole slavery thing in place, they did a, I mean, they did a, when you look at slavery and the mind control, they did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, so, yeah. you know, when I see any sort of bickering, That's when I go back to that because I'm like, you know what? My brother or my sister isn't really saying this to me. This is just really more of a a conditioning of the mind Mm -hmm. or it's just something. Look, in the Caribbean, you know, I've I've heard families quarreling with each other, brothers It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You might have some of them who light skin and who dark skin and then they're going to quit. Yeah, you black this or you black that or you black Oh, yeah. We have the same thing happen in Jamaica. You have the same parents. Calling each other, calling each other nigger, (laughs) which is a form of saying the N-word. So so Uh, this this isn't really... This isn't really a, a thing that's from here. This it's conditioning. That, that yeah, it was conditioning. Yeah, conditioning of the mind. Of the that's mind. really mm-hmm. where I look at it. And then when you look at the contributions here, in reference to the movement, I mean, Marcus Garvey, you know, is from Jamaica. I know, I know. I mean, no one has really surpassed what he put in place yet. 
Then you have Bob Marley with his music. You have so Bob many different people, um, not just from, from Jamaica, but people from other places, um, you know. There's a lot of folks from... Um, from from uh, the Caribbean Stokely, and other regions. From, from Trinidad. I mean, you had so many yeah, people there. Yeah, a lot of people contributed. Um, Malcolm, Malcolm could trace his, his grandmother to Grenada. So, so you have, uh, uh, again, they call the Caribbean inter-American. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You know, so there's this... This this thing going on here, so so really and truly, the difference is that one boat went this way and, one and the other went one that. went that way. I know. You, you I know, know, you end up in the island or you end up on the mainland. I know. And, and know, there shouldn't work, there shouldn't really there. be the discord that we see between us as a people because at the end of the day, um, our struggles, though different in in certain ways, our struggles are still the same. You know, no matter where you go, the struggles for black people are still the same wherever you go. If you're on a white man's land or one stolen by the white man, the struggle is still the same. It's still the same. Look, when, when, uh, when we get pulled over, you think they care if we're from Jamaica or we're from Trinidad or we're from, we from Harlem or we're from... No, they didn't they care, care one bit. It's the same thing as always oh, a black guy. Mm -hmm. look, look what they did to uh, 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 Tiger... <laughs> the other day, <laughs> I know, right? I know. What 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 do you call himself? Cablasian. He's a Cablasian. Cablasian, right? But but when they arrested him, he was black. Like, look, you, you look at the police report. <laughs> he was black, right? Black. I know. Oh, yeah. He must have gone. He that, must. He I must have went into a shock over that one. You know, and so you know the the thing is though. We have to be um, we have to be unified one way or another. I don't know how we're going to do it um, past this protest and stuff, but we have to we have to really check ourselves. And I think that's an individual thing. Each person after this, or even during this, each person have to look internally and mm -hmm. identify the problems and the solutions within themselves. Mm -hmm. Eliminate the, the problems, execute the solutions if we're going to go anywhere further than where we are right now. You see, mm -hmm. um, Facebook is one of those situations, too, that is Facebook has done a lot of harm than good, not just for black people, but for people throughout the world. And I say that because a lot of hundreds and thousands of hours have been wasted on social media doing absolutely nothing. You mm -hmm. see it every mm -hmm. single day. You see? So to me, that's a form of brainwash as well. You see? Because we would spend a lot, myself included, spend a lot mm -hmm. of hours on social media talking trash, nothing of <laughs> substance, nothing to elevate the community, uh, yeah. you know, and so we have to look at ourselves and see where we have lost our way and, and strive to do better, not just for ourselves, but if you have children for your children and your children's children, because the, the, the example are the, 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 um, the example we said right now is gonna pass on to ne the next generation. And when you have mm -hmm. parents 
cussing at their kids, telling them the F words and all that side of stuff. And that kid is soaking all of that in. And then when he become, he or she becomes an adult and start acting what they were taught at a young age, suddenly we have a problem with them when it was our fault in the, in the beginning. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we really have to do a better job all around. And um, this, this whole thing about black and black crime, listen, I don't think black and black crime is any worse than white and white crime. The difference is that you're hearing about the black and white crime. Mm -hmm. They're reporting on it on a daily basis, but they're not doing it in the white community. Well, well, black and you know, black on black crime really hasn't doesn't even have a place in this conversation right now. I, I'm just you it's, know, it's, yeah, but I I I know because there's some people, there's some uh, some personalities who will use that, that as bring it into this conversation, right? Of where of what we're doing right now, and it's one has nothing to do with the other, <laughs> really and truly, you know. And and um, if if they don't understand that, then it they're not really worth your time even trying to explain. Right, right. Because you know you would want to you would want to actually do some research first and say, well, what is what's really black on black crime? Well, yeah, if you're marginalized and forced in a certain area, nine times out of ten, if you're going to commit a crime, who is it going to be on? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not going to go out of your thing and um and what they can also do they can check the uh, they can check the the, the federal uh, census the, the numbers are on there on online and and the, the white numbers are a lot higher of course of so, course so i mean if you're going to use that it's it's definitely not for this situation this conversation yeah yeah it's a totally, you know from. it's like one person saying uh well you know i'm here to talk about cancer and then another one screaming well what about diabetes <laughs> Yeah, it's like well, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, uh, suddenly yeah, all they, lives matter, you know, which is totally not even, when I hear that, it irritates me. <laughs> it really does irritate me because nobody's saying all lives do not matter. We're saying that when it comes to mm -hmm. black lives, you do not appreciate it as much as you appreciate people's other people's lives, you know, mm -hmm. which explained why we are being killed in greater numbers, you see? And so the systemic racism is up in our faces. It's sad that some people cannot see it because they have not lived on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was watching, um, in fact, I it was in my show last night, an interview that Don Lemon did with um, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda did not understand a lot of things about, you know, what blacks went through. And she said for the last three years, she's, she's read books upon books because she wants to understand the issues. She wants to know why is it Blacks are uh, disproportionately killed and stuff like that. So she took it mm -hmm. upon herself to educate herself. And mm -hmm. don't forget, she also raised a black daughter. You see? So um, that's one person who wants to understand, who wants to know why is it her race deal with black people differently 
than other races are like her own race. You see? And she, so, and she did some research. Exactly. And so that is what it's going to take. It's going to take white people to realize that in order to understand the issues and what black people face, they have to go and start reading and educating themselves. And until they do that, I don't think a lot is going to change. You see? Because people are out there hating on other people for no good reason. They don't even they don't even know why the hell they're hating. They're hating. They're just hating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have no idea why they hate me or why they hate you. Well, you remember now, um, uh, uh, we we <laughs> it's so many dynamics to the uh, there's so many dynamics to the to the equation that. Um, we're we're coming in uh, the conversation on a certain level, you know. So we have a um, we have a sister by the name of uh, Dr. Joy DeGray, and normally when she comes in to do, she does she she um, has a book called um, Post Traumatic Stress Disorder on mm -hmm. slavery and so on, and and she's really versed on the subject. And she tells you when she comes to do a lecture or a presentation, she says, "Look." Um, if you're at level one, you know, this may not be for you. <laughs> right. She, she's like, I'm at, I'm at level 600. Mm. And a lot of the black folks that's coming in here for this presentation, they're on level 600 as well. Right. So we're on a different kind of plane when we do the presentation. If you need a little baby step kind of thing to kind of get you on the way, you know, go do some research and then come in and then check right. this out. because. It, it might be too strong for you to mm -hmm. absorb the information. That's true. That's true. And um, so you, you know, there's 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 that dynamic. But I have to go back to that clip I saw with uh, with um, with Dick Gregory, where he speaks about past legislation and make sure that the officers are insured. I think that might probably be like the fastest. Because, you know, everything we're talking about is going to be taking, is probably going to go beyond our lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's true. For it to, like, really work. Yeah. So so what's the fastest thing that may really put something in place is, is legislation. And and the legislation would have to end up where officers will start and need to be insured. Mm -hmm. And if they're insured, um, there's stipulations to keep your, 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 your status and and if you just want to be shooting people out there, then you're going to be off because you're going to be costing the city too much money. Not just the city, but you're going to be costing yourself a lot of money. And for the life of me, I don't understand why some of these cops kill someone in cold blood and yet they have not been charged with murder or they get a slap on the wrist and then they can go to another jurisdiction and get a job. You see, a black person kills someone, you pretty much, you're, you're done for life. Ain't nobody taking no chance, giving you an up. You're, you're, you're lucky if you get a second chance. You see, so why is there a double standard? Why but, don't well, we have the same opportunities and the same sentencing, whatever there is? Well, that, I think that's coming. That's coming like really, really soon because um, if if we look at the the way how the mayor in Atlanta has been responding um, in the last three weeks, 
she is not playing with this, this the, the officers down there. Yeah, she's been swift. Yeah, no, she is not playing with them. And I think a lot of other uh, other um, cities uh, and states are going to start taking note. But um, what I want to say is, remember now, police are civil servants. Um, civil servants get a certain type of protection. You know, the post, so people that are in the postal uh, department, mm -hmm. like the bus guy, drivers, if, you know, um, the bus drivers, the fire department, mm -hmm. um, EMS, you know, um, as long as they city uh, work for the city, um, there's a certain provision that if they're attacked, um, you know, the repercussions are great. Right. So, so really and truly, when you see people standing down with police officers, it doesn't mean that they don't that, that they can't take the police out or they can't knock them out. It's just that okay, if they if they they do understand that, the repercussions. The repercussion is you yeah. can go to jail. I mean, and not just go to jail, but you you know, the, the type of charges mm -hmm. you want to get felony. So so and so it's not just for, uh, my point is it's not just for police officers. Right. It's, it's for civil servants civil across servants the board. Period. Mm -hmm. They'll get that protection. Right? It's just that we inter you know, we interact with the police a different way. Um, so you know, the 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 focus is on them, but but they they've they've kind of abused the, the They abuse it, yeah. They and they know and, they and, know and, that they're yeah. abusing it and yet they do whatever they want to do, knowing quite well that they have a certain level of protection. But one of mm. the things that I've always objected to is uh, police officers working in your community and they don't even live in the community. So they don't have a daily interaction with the community. Even when they're out there on the beat, they don't, they don't associate themselves. They don't get to know members of the community. And so that to me is still a big problem. I feel that if you're going to be hired, let's say in the city of, of Newark, Delaware or Newark, New Jersey, you should live in the community at least, at least until the duration of your, your time or whatever. There's no way you should be coming in my community, dealing with, with, with residents a certain way when all you ever known was the suburbs and dealing with your community in another way. You see? Well, you know, what, you, what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. I remember uh, a Labor Day weekend in Brooklyn. Um, you know, we have, that, we have our carnival mm -hmm. and stuff um, in New York. And on Fulton Street, we have um, a, a spot they call Charlie's Records. And the Saturday of that weekend, they normally have, uh, they block off the street. Mm -hmm. And, they, you know, there's a truck and people do performances and stuff. And um, a year I hung out there, and it so turned out that the officers that were managing that project primarily had some sort of a Caribbean connection. So whether they were either their parents were from right. the islands or they married to somebody oh, from the islands, right. or so it was. It was mostly folks like us so they understand that was there and it they made us feel at home exactly we felt safe if something was happening 
that had some excitement. They weren't startled because they already knew what it was. Right, right. So, they, you know, it wasn't like... They, they diluted a totally different way, you know? You, you see what I'm saying? It, they weren't, it wasn't like night and day, like, oh, what's mm -hmm. this? Or what's that? Or what, you know... They, they were cool and then when it was when food was sharing they took some food too right to eat. and that's what and, it is that's what i'm talking about interacting with the community me, yes to me that's what it's supposed to be exactly when they're interacting with the public you don't want to have this sort of rivalry and thing and because really? especially in the black communities a lot of black people do not trust the police they have absolutely no trust for the police, and rightfully so, because of the treatment that they have gotten from the police time and time and time again. And a lot of times, these cops don't even look like them. You see what I'm saying? So they have never been where you've been. So why are you going to mm -hmm. try to hand out discipline against me, knowing that you don't have the same experience that I have had living in the neighborhood in which I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm doing this, and I would even like to urge the city of Newark, New Jersey, to, to, to consider their hiring policy or policies when it comes to police officers joining the force. They should be from that particular area or one similar to the area in which they are being recruited in. You see? And, and that also that also That would help to, to solve the problem. What's that? That, that, comes down, that also comes down to legislation. Exactly, exactly. So we, we, we have to really study the people who are running in these uh, elections, know what they stand for, know what their, um, their mindset is, and vote mm -hmm. accordingly. You know, the guy that has organized a lot of the process here in Newark, he's running against Cory Booker. His name is Larry Hamm. And um, that guy has a lot of knowledge and a lot of things. You know, um, I'm hoping to be able to interview him one day because um, there's a lot of stuff that the average person do not know. Um, and I don't think it's because of because of um, so much lack of knowledge or whatever. It's because they don't have access to certain information, you know, Um me, I'm learning, I'm trying to learn a lot of stuff because I'm still ignorant about a lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. The Constitution, I want to be, know the Constitution. I want to know the Bill of Rights. I want to know my rights as a citizen and a resident of the, the community in which I live. So it's incumbent on us to, to, um, to educate ourselves as well if we're going to weather these storms and these tornadoes so, that we're going through right now. Is that what you just said? I'm going to give you a book you want to check out. Mm -hmm. It's a book called The Second Founding. The Second Founding. Mm -hmm. And it's by a gentleman by the name of Eric Foner. F-O-N-E-R. Eric Foner. F-O-N-E-R? F-O-N-E-R, yes. Okay, it's got that. Second Founding. And he gives you a really good rundown on all the different... Um, uh, the, the amendments of the, the Constitution, mm. and that he goes in. Um, I would have to review, um, I'm, it's a book I'm checking out right now, mm -hmm. I would have to review it a couple of times because, I mean, it's thorough. Okay. It's thorough on it. 
and he 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 holds nothing back he tells you this was done to deprive blacks from here and this was done i mean it it she gives you the relationship as to why blacks are suffering today mm-hmm. based on that information wow. uh, really 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 good information another book um you might want to check out we're a book club now huh? and all right yep <laughs> good information not just for club. us but for everybody who is watching or listening we got into the book club yes sir uh, there's a there's a, a book uh my goodness what's the name of i'm taking guy? notes uh it's called uh breaking rank breaking rank breaking rank that sounds like it's and about the police it's uh yeah it's a, it's a it's a book um hold on i'm trying to remember the brother's name um and it's a it's a book that i'm i'm supposed to know the guy's name off the bat but um breaking rank is a former officer um is it norm stamper no that's the name no norm, thank you norm i'm googling stamper. as you <laughs> norm yes, stamper yes, yes um he has a chapter there's a chapter in the breaking book. rank okay um the chapter in the book um, I'm paraphrasing but it's why cops kill black men or something like that mm-hmm. I mean he goes in and um, I remember looking at the special you know uh, I, I look at uh, I look at uh, uh, book TV mm-hmm. C-span. I, I you know because I you know I had my book coming out so okay uh, I you know I was doing little research to you know, just see what's out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this white, I, I call her a white sister because she was really oblivious. And she was saying to him, she said, you know, I, I didn't understand your uh, your comment. Um, she said, but if 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 I'm not behaving in a way to bring attention to myself, isn't that what you guys want? Um, and then he listened to the question and he looked at her and he says, um, he says, if you were male. And you were colored. Um, he said, "I will go out of my way to incite you to take a swing at me." Because mm. that's when he used to work. He used to work in San Francisco. He said, "I'll go out of my way." He said, um, and then so he he gave that part. I don't want to give the whole thing away. I'm really going to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, "But what if you know?" So she understands. Okay, he's talking about black people, right? So she goes, but what if it's if it's a black guy? He's just walking down the street, minding his business. He said it didn't matter. And you remember the last time we were talking, we were talking about a kid that was getting arrested for jaywalking, mm-hmm. and the road didn't even look paved. Exactly. Right, and you know, so those two books. Is a uh, really good information. Now I want to give you one more book. Okay. Being that we're talking about books and and and. <laughs> yeah, the Soul Food and Lemonade Book Club. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is let good. Me, let me give you one more book. Okay. That um, I thought was very very insightful, and it's a book called um, The Memo. The Memo. The Memo. By John Hope Bryan. John O'Brien. John Hope. John Hope. Hope. Bryant. H O P E. 
H O P E B R Y. John, yeah, he's a he's a um, he's a uh, financial. He's a, like a public speaker, um, financial um, okay. personality, and sometimes you see him on um, Roland Martin and, and all of that. Um, but the memo is a really good book that folks like us should should check out because he. Um, what why why I like his book. It's really about putting us in a mindset. Mm-hmm. So, so even though even though you have, uh, you know, like so when you do when you check out the second founding, mm-hmm. it's you get upset because right. you know, it's like they're telling you this is what we did to you, mm. right? You you check out. Breaking rank. This is what we did to you. The memo, John Hope or John Bryant is basically saying, you know what? Yeah, this is true. But this is how I need you to think to get to the next level. Mm. That's deep, right? Right, right. <laughs> this is how I need you to think. Because now, we, if if we just stay with the the second founding, and you know, if we kind of stay in that area, we may not put ourselves in the frame of of mind to propel. Because now we may use that as a crutch. Right. Say, oh, right. this, that, 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 that. What's the purpose? And what's the sense? What's the sense of trying to to excel? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so when you read the memo, he's putting it all in perspective. Right. And he's saying to you, look, uh, if you could think this way, you can get a couple steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you bring your, and then he, he zones in on, on your credit um, score, he says, look, if you could get your credit score to such and such a number, uh, it could turn your life around. Mm. And, and he's right. You know, and, and I, I think that's why I like, again, I'm going back to the Dick Gregory thing about the legislation. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about having to like anybody. Right. I mean, how are we, you know, we're not people to sit here and harbor hate for for any, you know, race. Or exactly. We ain't got time for group. that. We have you our know, own issues. Um, we, you know, growing up in Tobago, Tobago was, was predominantly and, and still is predominantly black. And we had one and two East Indians, you know, growing up with us. We never, we never got into a whole them Indian and them this and them and them and them. You know, when I actually saw an example of it is when I went to, you know, I went, I had to go to Trinidad and interact with some East Indians in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, it's a different kind of thing. <laughs> because now they, they have this, uh, they have a class system. Oh, okay. That they, they, continue it so now it, you you have to kind of understand oh this is where they're coming from mm-hmm. so they have a class kind of thing and these people over here and then and we here and you know so they have they, they they're caught in that division okay and then when i went to guyana i saw the same thing mm-hmm. between the indians but and then, the blacks right yes but then when i was in college i met some East Indian brothers from Jamaica. And I say East Indian brothers <laughs> from Jamaica. 
And they said, boy, and of course, then I can't talk Jamaican, but they're talking in Jamaican. They say they don't like the Trini Indian and they don't like the Guyanese Indian. They say you don't know where that... Where, I where, don't where, even know where that come from. I've heard that a lot, but I mean... Yeah. And, you know, so, so but what I'm saying, when we, when we see Super Cat, we're not seeing an East Indian. We see Super Cat. I, I, again, now, of course, right. there's, there's, this is here straight, whatever, but this is the same, is the same hue we have. Oh, okay. What makes it so, so 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 you know if you have the same hue as me you know even if you have a little you're a little bit more light skin. Mm-hmm. Okay. We not here sitting down trying to plot to kill you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have better things to do. We trying to get to the end of the week. Mm. Why we you know why would I be at war with you? It doesn't make sense. A plus lot of we, it don't make sense uh, to and me. Plus, a uh, plus couple of us we like we little, we little doubles and rooty and things. So, uh, Exactly. You know, we had to quarrel with you about nothing. <laughs> but but there's division. There's all this this whole different. You know, there's division mm-hmm. all, all over. You know. So so, I think we we had a really fruitful um, a really fruitful convo this month. This this what chop it up part two. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I still want to get some more people in this thing, man, because um, you know, it's important that we are holding these conversations. Because um, um, we are enlightening a lot of people, I believe. Um, and sometimes people want content that they can relate to, hearing it from someone who's not a celebrity, which uh, I'm sure you don't consider yourself one of those. I certain, I, I'm sure don't consider myself to be a celebrity. A celebrity? It, yeah. It, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a celebrity. If someone yeah. wants to make me into one, I'm all up for it. But it must, but it must yeah. come with the financial... Uh, <laughs> With the financial perks. According to my girl, uh, uh, this comedian, what's her name? Simone. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Sam Archer, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, she's one of my um, favorite comedians. I uh, tell you, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Um, but the thing is, too, is that um, mm-hmm. I believe that we as black people, we have a lot of work to do on ourselves. We, we have to, um, first of all, we have to change our mindsets on a lot of level, uh, financially, um, personally, emotionally, spiritually. We have to change our mindset. And, and, and sometimes you have to get away from that familiar place and even the familiar people that you know who are not um, moving in the right, in, in, in a direction that you'd want to move into. So you have to, first of all, get yourself away from that situation in order that mm. your mind can be cleared and you can think. Um, because I think best when, I'm, when nobody's around me. You know, mm. I'm a loner by nature. Um, being a creative person, that's what I thrive in best, a peace and quiet. Um, and so people always have noise around them. There's no clarity in noise. Mm. So you have to be able to pull yourself away and clear your mind, clear your space, clear your head. And then from there, you can make some sound decisions. That's how I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our, our journey going forward starts with us personally. That's right. That's right. That's, that's the truth right there. It starts with us. 
And um, we, we have to start uh, looking at uh, legacy. Yes, which, we do. Which, which you are very, you are on your way. <laughs> ah, we are really, trying, really, bro. It's a struggle, really but we are legacy, trying. You know, we, we, you got, um, you started with N Sound. Yes, sir. Uh, um, so now you have uh, Shore FM. You got uh, Lemonade that we're doing now. Yes. We got, uh, we got Amp Social. I'm, Amp I'm really Social and, and Amp Two Social. View. Yeah. Um, I need to check out the tube view. The, the tube view. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't check that out fully yet, but um, I am definitely a member on Amp Social. Yes, I saw you there, and, sir. Um, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, have no. to we have to put stuff in place that is going to benefit us. You know. Um, yeah. And yeah. a lot of times, a lot of people think that I'm doing these things. Because, first of all, I don't like to attach my name to anything. You know, and I'd rather work behind the scenes with nobody know who I am or what I'm doing. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm the type of person who like my work to speak for itself, but I don't have to necessarily be the face of what I'm doing. Unfortunately, because of lack of resourcing and lack of like-minded people, sometimes mm -hmm. you have to be head cook and bottle washer, you know? And, well, yeah, yeah. In, in our experience, um, we have a little bit, more work to do you know i yes. I, I, I admire um other ethnicities um, i remember uh one year i was in new york playing in the subway it was uh, christmas time a friend of, our, of mine and he said hey let's let's uh let's do some performances mm -hmm. in the subway and make a little make a little christmas money and so on so we're in the subway and um we're at 42nd street we come up uh stairs and there's this family, it's, it's a South American family, and um, they had guitars and percussion, <laughs> uh, playing the, they playing these uh, bamboo type uh, mm -hmm. instruments and yeah. stuff. And um, so you had those who were playing, and then you had the kids walking through the crowd with a little bucket, mm -hmm. and the grandmother is making sure the babies are good and i mean the whole, the whole family, family yep was there and um so we're looking at it and i said to my friend i say wow look at this i say you think we could ever experience something like that i know i know where we where you come in in the subway to play and you bring your wife or you bring your sister or you bring your mother and your, or your kids but to, do... to, 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 to rock with you on it but do you think that that behavior um, that that we exhibit is as a result of uh, being separated from our families? Um, I think so. And it's still, so. yeah, it's still in, in, it's engraved in us. It's like a generational curse, if you may. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why, and I don't want to run away too far from it, but, but the fact that you, you said, hey, you know, you got to be the head chef and the head of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, anyone who is successful looking like us at some point, you know, we had to be that person yeah. to, to push it for a while until our other brothers and sisters would see and say, Hey, um, you know, Tyler is doing these plays. I know, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and he got a lot of bashing too. <laughs> yeah, the man. You Tyler did a uh, a, like a, a, a Perry, but that's Tyler Perry, by the way. Mm -hmm. He did a um, like a little motivational video a few years ago, and mm -hmm. I saw it. 
And he gave his experience. He said, look, man, he said, uh, how many? I don't know. You ever saw that clip? No. Uh, okay. So he, he spoke. I'm trying to remember how many years he said, but every year he did a play. Mm-hmm. And he said, would only be really close friends and family. It would probably be maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 people if mm-hmm. he was lucky. And he kept doing the plays, kept doing the plays, kept doing the plays. And he worked on it, worked on it. I think he did it for like about seven, six or seven years. Master it. And eventually, it started picking up. Mm. Eventually. And Perseverance, man. He was talking about, and 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 it makes sense because you know the reason why I said legacy to you is that I want to leave legacy for my kids. Right, right. You know, um, a lot of our parents didn't leave anything. All they all they said to us was, "Yeah, well, work hard, get a degree, yeah. get a degree, work and hard." Some of them never had anything left and, to um, them, too. You know, so it's. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it. To no, me. I know what you're not saying, but I'm just, them. yeah. But really and truly, um, they, they, they couldn't leave anything mm-hmm. to say, all right, you know what, we, we took it from A to B, you know, now you guys need to take it from here. Right, and right. It there. And other ethnic groups have that mm-hmm. going on. That's true. That's right? true. They have, they have the, 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 whoever did the groundwork, they left some sort of equity. And then when that, that parent die or that what have you, the next generation take it from there. And they bring it down to the next thing, and then when that one that, and they're building the momentum, yeah. Yeah. and we haven't really fully done that as yet. Right. Well, we have three minutes. Yeah. We have three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share, especially to um, help propel us to that next level on this journey after these protests? Wow, three minutes. Three minutes, three minutes. Three minutes is all we have. (laughs) Three minutes is all we have. Three minutes is all we have to get it together. Um, We have to start thinking about working smarter. Mm. About working smarter and, and, and really slow down and get that perspective of what it means, you know, if we're doing the same thing every day, every day, every day, you're seeing some progress, but it's not happening fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time to put things in neutral and work smarter. Yep, reevaluate and yeah. reevaluate and work smarter. And, and I'm I'm so happy, you know, because you're like a living testament of that. I'm a, a living testament of that. You know, there was a time I would be running around with, with keyboards and amps uh. and, you know, <laughs> playing in different uh, events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a while, those things get really heavy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you got to just start working smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm an author now. I've, I've produced a couple of records and it wasn't easy uh, to right. get it done, but it, it got done. Right, right. And, and that's how we got to, you know, roll the sleeves up and... Look at the means, use the technology, and let's let's take it to that next place. Right, right. Well, with that said, Sam, I want to thank you so much. And, um, you know, next time we come, we're going to talk about, you know, well, many different stuff. Whatever um, it is. One of is. the things I, we forgot <laughs> to do today was to introduce you to songs. But the, the, our next shows, we will definitely play those songs because those songs were recorded years ago. 
and they're relevant yes. now more than relevant ever. Right now, that's true. You know, that's so true. Um, next show we do, we're gonna uh, talk about that. Um, and we also gonna talk in depth about your book and some of some of your other projects that you you're doing as well. Um, man, I've been itching to go back into the studio, but I have too much on my plate <laughs> right now, so I'm not even thinking that along that line. But uh, this has been Soul Food and Lemonade, everyone. Um, you can join yeah, us uh, again as we, um, you know, come and talk about the issues and so many other things. Sam, once again, I want to thank you. You're your brother of a lot of good knowledge. Blessings, blessings. <laughs> and uh, definitely, I look forward to having you on the show. In, in, the, in, the, in the words of Morpheus, when you're ready, you want to dodge go. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, man. Have a blessed day. Yes, man. And you too. Be next time. To the, blessings to the viewers. Thank you, man. Peace. Right. Take care. Right. Fadlin and Friends present a Father's Day special featuring Stacy Campbell Marshall from the Bahamas, Alex Martin Blanken from Jamaica, Kenroy Mullins from Jamaica, Don Corey Washington from the USA, Warren Brady from the USA, Robert Bailey from the USA, Nisha Walcott from the USA, Odane Roden from the USA, and the saxman Courtney Fadlin, also from the USA, streaming live on Facebook and YouTube on Saturday, June the 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Dr. Vilroy McBean. See you there.